0: Hello, and welcome back to The Dear Prudence Show once again. And as always, I am your host, Daniel M. Lavery, also known as Dear Prudence. Since this is our last episode of 2020, I'd like you to take a deep breath, gently close your eyes, and imagine this. It's an hour into the future, and I finish this recording. I get up and walk away from my recording setup and leave the room. The room is empty. I realize that I left the light on, and I go back to turn it off. I pause in the doorway and take a long, soulful look around the room. My gaze settles on the microphone, and I start to think about the many memorable letters we've had this last year. This last year. This last year. This last year.
2: Shall I read the next one?
0: Please do. Oh, man.
2: Oh, this one ooh. kills me. Okay. Man, this is this is quite the slate. This is quite the slate, Danny. Uh, Okay, subject, retroactive lesbian guilt. Dear Prudence, I grew up in a conservative family that believed homosexuality was a choice, and nobody ever talked about sexuality or consent with me. My mom refused to let me attend sex ed classes because they weren't going to be abstinence only. Now I'm in my 30s, living alone, finally ready to admit that I'm a lesbian— I feel so relieved, but also worried, because I keep thinking about drunkenly kissing, mostly straight, girls in college, some of whom I'm still friends with today. Honestly, I used to think straight girls just liked kissing other girls when they had a few drinks, and that everyone felt that way. Usually the other girls made the first move. One friend, now married to a man, even joked about straight girls lesing out one night when we were kissing, which reinforced my belief. Now that I'm considering how to come out, I'm terrified of creating the impression that I was intentionally taking advantage of them years ago, regardless of who made the first move. Many of us are survivors, myself included, and I feel racked with guilt over the idea that I kissed them without establishing clear consent beforehand, especially knowing what I know now about my sexuality. What should I do? Stay in the closet? Apologize to the ones I'm still friends with and risk it being super awkward between us? Or leave it be, since it was almost a decade ago now? Nobody ever mentioned feeling uncomfortable and we never did anything more than kiss, but I feel terrible and I don't know how to resolve this. I won't be able to see my therapist until mid-December, so I'm grappling with this on my own for now. Um, well, I've got an idea, but then again, this might just be my, my, my utopian uh, mindset kicking in, but I'm curious to know what you think.
0: I mean, to me, this, this feels so much, uh, the, the, to me, the first sentence says it all, um. That, I, uh, you know, I grew up in a family that said homosexuality was a choice, and of course the implication there is it's the bad choice, um, uh, and uh, nobody ever talked about sexuality or consent with me. So the fact that in college, me and some of my friends occasionally kissed, and they, you know, often initiated it made fun jokes about it. Um, now, because I'm a lesbian, years later, it suddenly means I'm an evil predator.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and I should hate myself and I should consider not coming out because I'm so um, contaminated with gayness that uh, I've ruined those moments. It just breaks my heart. Um, I, that's where I'm coming from with this letter. I, I read this as just pure homophobia start to finish. Oh. Um. And, and so that's me. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. So I, I I doubt you could be too utopian if anything about your answer was going to be something like, don't be so hard on yourself.
2: Yeah, I just feel like this is one of the cases where like the advice I wanted to give in the first letter actually might apply. Like, I think it's just worth calling, calling this person's friends and being like, hey, I want to tell you something. This is kind of hard for me To say for many reasons but I wanted to tell you personally that after a lot of thought and consideration I've realized that I'm I'm queer or I'm a lesbian and I wanted to check in because you know we had these encounters in college and um at the time I didn't think much of them but in hindsight you know they suddenly feel different to me now well this is not the right way to say it but like Just being really honest about where you're at and being like, I feel I feel guilty. I don't want you to think that I knew all along, but I want to tell other people and I wanted to be up front with you first as I'm kind of I wanted to grab. Like, I feel like you can grapple with this together rather than painting yourself as the enemy, you know, the the sort of evil uh, lesbian predator preemptively. I, I feel like this is something you can work on with your friends if they are indeed your friends.
0: Yeah, and and I think the one thing that I would want to be really careful to make sure that the letter writer was able to do is not in the sense of like, you know, bring it up with them and and say like, hey, by the way, if you're mad that I'm gay now, now's a great chance to tell me that I should apologize. I I mean, in the sense of like, one of the things that's been hard about coming out is I feel weird, misplaced guilt about having kissed my friends ten years ago, and part of me feels still like the, the way that I was raised to think about being gay was so damaging that I feel like just the mere fact that I'm gay. Like, like the idea that they would say like, oh yeah, it was fine that we kissed uh, as long as we both assumed we'd hate it. Mm. Uh, but if you were gay, and of course, like if you were gay, you must have loved it. You must have super wanted to kiss me specifically. And if you had a good time, now it's a problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I just really want to say, first of all, I hope you get more gay friends. <laughs> It doesn't sound like you have a lot of gay friends right now. And I'm sure your friends are lovely people. I don't want to be too hard on anyone who 10 years ago made thoughtless jokes uh, about girls kissing girls because, um, you know, a lot of that was in the water. And I don't want to assume that that makes them all uh, jerks. But, oh, my goodness, like the fact that you didn't grow up hearing a lot about consent I think sometimes then when you first start to learn about it, people can feel like, oh my gosh, if I ever kissed anyone and we didn't first like sit down and have a serious heart to heart, then it was somehow wrong and predatory and I must have taken advantage of them. And I just want to say, based on what you have shared here, what you were talking about sounds like pretty – I I, I don't want to say like standard college experiences because lots of college experiences can be different, but it sounds like you and your friends would sometimes get tipsy and make out. And sometimes that was fraught. And sometimes there was a sort of sense of how much do you mean this? I don't know. How much do you mean this? We're all straight here in a way that has more to do with like anxious, plausible, heterosexual deniability. Um, You know, nothing here reads like, wow I waited for people to pass out and then I jumped on them right. nothing here is, is bad or wrong or, or evil or secretly deceptive and I just really what I, I just want to say is like do some research with your therapist about the idea of the deceptive lesbian predator and find ways to f- recognize that archetype when it, when it rears up uh, in your emotional life
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm really happy for this. Like, I'm glad they were able to be honest with themselves. Although I know it's hard that they're gonna have to wait this long. Do you have any advice for what they should do in the meantime while they wait for their therapist to become available? Oh my goodness.
0: You know, look again, like look for any reading that you can about uh, like books, articles, any kind of discussion about like the the fear of the lesbian predator. Um, I think that that will be useful to you to know that you are not the only person who has been like disciplined and terrified into the closet by that. Um, and particularly in the ways in which like the sort of ambient joking lesbianism of like 2002 to 2010, just like really fucked with a lot of people between like tattoo and lesbian sweep week and and I kissed a girl and everything that was just like it's straight to like girls and what that can do to someone trying to figure themselves out. Look for other gay people to be friends with, even if you can't meet up with people in person right now. Um, take your time coming out to your friends, please, please, please do not do so apologetically or with the assumption that they're going to say, well, that really changes the time that we made out in a decade ago. Um, if they do say that, I hope you can, again, like go to your therapist, go to a gay person, get support. Like if somebody says, well, it was fine that I grabbed you at a party and kissed you when I thought we were both straight. But the fact that I grabbed you and kissed you and now eight years later you're coming out, you're now bad. That is a sign that that person does not care about you. Just like it, I just like, I just, that sentence, nobody ever mentioned feeling uncomfortable. We never did anything more than kiss, but I feel terrible. And it's just like, yes, you feel terrible because your whole growing up years, everyone said either directly or indirectly, gays are evil and bad sexuality does not exist. If you have sexual thoughts or desires, you're a freak. I don't know, you know, there's no way to tell what consent is because all sex is bad. It's just a recipe for feeling terrible. Of course you feel terrible and it's not because you were running around hurting girls in college and you've only now come to realize it.
2: Although I do want to give this writer... Credit. I mean, I, I really want this person to go much easier on themselves, but I do appreciate that they're taking it seriously in a, in a way that I think so many other people are like, yeah, you know, we all messed around in college. We all just experimented on each other like whatever doesn't count. You know, I do appreciate that they're, they're giving this yeah. the weight that not a lot of other people would. Absolutely. And that they're thinking
0: about, well, under what conditions would I hopefully like to kiss a woman now? And I I think part of what they're they're saying is like, I want to know that I'm gay and I want to be like mostly sober and I want to know that we like each other and I want it to be all out in the open and discussed and acknowledged and avowed. Yes, all of that's really good. So thank you. There is a flip side to the hard stuff. I think I was really focused on the undeserved shame just because I could really like resonate with that as they say and and really felt for the letter writer but that is a helpful moment to shift and kind of close on which is that it's not bad that you think a lot about consent and enthusiasm and willingness and delight and and desire and I want that for you. You can have that. You have not forfeited your right to it. Um, The shame that you are operating under as a closeted uh, confused college student Did not mean that you were a bad person and just wish you the best right back. Let us know how you're doing. I'm so excited. We finally made it. I'm so excited. To the letter I've been thinking about for days (gasps) and I've been imagining it being read aloud in your voice Oh, again for days. Would
1: you, would you please read it just for me? You buttered me up so nicely on that. I was genuinely thinking this whole time. Thank God I don't have to read that letter. It's so long. You don't have to. You don't have
0: to. But you're no. Voice but is I'm so going buttery. to do it
1: for you because you. you have complimented me enough, and an that's really you. all it takes.
0: You're my Christine Peransky.
1: Thank you. Subject: My Disney obsessed mother is trying to hijack my wedding. Dear Prudence. My entire life, my mother has been captivated by Disney. Our house was decorated from floorboard to rafter with Disney merchandise and our years organized around visits to Disney theme parks. By the time I was in junior high, I was already sick of it. It was embarrassing to have friends over when I knew my mother was likely to answer the door dressed as Minnie Mouse or Cinderella or that she would insist that the bathroom be referred to as the Pooh Hole, like Winnie the Pooh. My father humored her for the most part. Though the angriest I've ever seen mom is when he claimed he couldn't remember any of the names of the seven dwarves. I realize now that he was trying to provoke her out of his own frustration. As an adult, I've tried to set boundaries when it comes to Disney, and for the most part it has worked. But my boyfriend and I recently got engaged, and even though a wedding is still at least a year off, the problems are already starting. My mother has always regretted the fact that she was not able to have her own Disney dream wedding. And although I have made it clear that my wedding will not have a Disney theme, I did tell her that I will not fight her on wearing whatever she likes. If she wants to come to her only son's wedding dressed in full Tinkerbell garb with my father in tow as Peter Pan, then that is between her and God. A few weeks ago, I received an email from a friend warning me that my mother approached them privately to tell them that she wants to surprise us and, quote, make our dreams come true on our big day. Without my knowledge or permission, she then asked for help in spreading the word that guests should attend the wedding dressed in elaborate Disney attire. She even sent the person a list of suggested characters to choose from. When I asked my father if he knew anything about the scheme, he was vague but said, your mother just wants her two favorite Prince Charmings to have the most magical day of their lives. Rudy, we haven't even finalized our guest list yet, and I don't want a magical day. I don't want to serve Dole Whip instead of cake or be called Prince Charming or to stare out into the crowd and see a bunch of dwarves and princesses staring back at me while I'm trying to get through my vows. How do I nip this in the bibbidi-bobbidi-bud before it's too late?
0: I'm so proud and grateful that you made it through that last line without breaking.
1: It was really hard. I just want to say, letter writer, first of all, thank you for this beautifully written letter.
0: Um, every turn of phrase was a joy. It was, you know, the the line that really had gotten me was between her and God. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah. Just Um, a chef's kiss. What are your thoughts here? What Just just name a feeling, you know? Um,
1: This is, to me, a little bonkers of your mother to be doing. Um, I think it's... Honestly, we could say quite bonkers. Um, the fact that she, you know, ha- was not able to have her own Disney dream wedding and has now supplanted this desire into you and your fiancé's wedding that is, you know, over a year away and not even with a finalized guest list. She does know that she is allowed to, sell- to throw herself whatever kind of Disney-themed party she wants. Like, she has to know this. She could do that for herself and not pin all of this on you two. Every moment, every new turn,
0: I'm just like still shocked by. Yeah. The, um, without saying that all adults who are really, really into Disney are like this, I think there's a real contingent of people who are not satisfied with wrapping their own lives around the Disney behemoth, but are like, the world should be Disneyland. And I think that's bad. I think it's concerning. Uh, yeah, I mean in the way that it would be if it were anything, right? Like if your mother were just like incredibly into Fraser or uh you know <laughs> the the works of Tom Wolfe and she were trying to turn your wedding into like a Tom Wolfe day and was texting everyone be like be sure to wear an all white suit like Tom Wolfe did. I'm uh, sorry, you really killed me with the the like imagining a Fraser themed wedding is really just <laughs> K.O. Yeah. <me. laughs> yeah, I mean um yeah. So 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 part of what's tricky here, you know, that, that it's just a great line of like, as an adult, I've tried to set boundaries when it comes to Disney. And for the most part, it has worked. Like, that's a lot to have to do. And I, I feel for you, letter writer. The, the good news is that these boundaries have worked for the most part, and that you are willing to make what I would consider a massive concession in saying, Mom, it's fine if you and Dad come to my wedding dressed as Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. Yeah, I think that's really loving of you. Yeah, I would put that in the same category as like a mother um, of a bride who's wearing a white dress saying, I'm going to wear a white dress too. Like it's in that category of disruptive. And and I think this is coming from, generally speaking, I'm pretty laissez-faire when it comes to a lot of wedding etiquette. And I tend to be like, hey, as long as everyone's having a good time, like don't worry too much about what people are wearing. This does not fall into that category. This is... Too much. So, this is too much. Yeah. What I would say, you know, what interests me, of course, is the ways in which you've all kind of like, I don't want to use like missing stare phraseology to talk about a Disney (laughs) parent, but the way that it's like a friend emailed me to tell me what my mom had done, and then I went to my father. Like, it seems like everyone's developed these sort of little like telephone game systems of like we only go to mom as a last resort we we do what we can to accommodate and downplay her behavior where we do a lot of the work because we know she's going to be unreasonable i get it i get why people do it i would encourage you to worry less about how to manage your mom's disney mania and just like say the thing you need to say, which is like, hey, mom, I heard from a friend that you've been telling people to dress like Disney characters. I'm going to tell them not to do that and that they should disregard any requests to do so. And I want you to stop.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I totally understand. And I think you've done, again, a really remarkable job of working around this Disney obsession from your mother um, but I think this, this is the line that is time to speak with her directly and say, you have done X thing. We, I do not want that. That is not what I want. And if you can, like, I don't know if there's a level that you would feel, you know, if you continue to try to do this behavior or if you keep trying to scheme something like this to make this Disney, you know, theme happen at her wedding. I don't know if you feel that there's a, lo- a line that she could cross that would mean that she would be not invited or not welcome, but like you are definitely within your rights to say this is not happening and i need you to please stop communicating this
0: to our guests right and and then to have the backup if she's like if she keeps going with like no it's going to be so great and again i can understand why this wouldn't necessarily feel like a deal breaker like it, it would feel like one of the most irritating things right before you get to a deal breaker where it's like i'm not going to stop talking to my mother over this but this is the worst thing you can do short of that maybe but you can also just let her know like if you do keep doing this to the guests They're going to know that I, as one of the people getting married, am the one to listen to. So it's not going to work. Like, you know, you can tell her, like, I want you to comply with this, but if you don't, we're not going to do the thing you want. And, And so that at least you don't need, yeah, you don't need her buy in. Like, at worst, all she can do is, like, kind of make a lot of your guests laugh. And then, you know, that whole bit about asking your dad and him being vague, I think you need to consider your father a real weak link here. Like, when it comes to your mother's deal, your father is weak. Um, the, the, the biggest thing he's ever done is he tried to make her mad by pretending not to know the seven dwarves. I would not call that a bold moment of truth-telling. I would not. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's not a great way to provoke someone when you're frustrated. That's a passive aggressive, weak way to needle someone who you long ago gave up challenging. And that's a shame but like that's his life whatever. Exactly. He
1: made his choice, but I I think you have learned now that it is not going to be helpful to be going to your father with any any of this because he's just going to be vague and
0: kind of make excuses for what she wants. Yeah, that's his whole deal. So, you know, when it comes to the wedding, it's great like none of your ve- and again, this is all like so hypothetical, right? Cuz like there's not going to be big in-person weddings for a while. But we're we're treating all of this as hypothetical. The great news is like whoever your vendors are, nobody's going to be like, well, the mother of the bride called and said we had to serve Dole Whip, so we threw out all the cake. Like, if she's not paying for it, which it doesn't sound like, I think you would have mentioned it. Nobody's going to be taking her credit card on file and saying like she has the final word. So, you know, at worst, all she can do is like waste her own time and energy. You can just let her know like none of this is going to happen. This is my wedding. I'm not going to have a fight about this with you. It's not happening.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, you already gave her that she is welcome to come in full Disney garb. And I think that is honestly more than enough. It should be.
0: I think kind of sweet. You know, I think like people, you know, I don't think it's going to like ruin your day. I think people are going to be like, wow, that's really something. And it'll give everyone something to kind of talk about. And that'll be it. It'll be memorable. Yeah. I think this is a, a, a sad thing because my guess is part of what she loves or feels that she loves about the Disney experience is some idea of, like, quote-unquote magic um, and some idea of, like, quote-unquote family. And this is actively disrupting her ability to make connections with other people.
1: hmm Yeah, I mean, when the father was like, your mother just wants her two favorite Prince Charmings to have their, like, this magical day, like, it's clear that that's kind of where she has put all of her stock of thinking about
0: how love and relationships Yeah, work. it's like your mom thinks of you as two Kendalls that she could dress right. up <laughs>